so this is an, uh, another edition of Abhi's journey creator space where I invite creators original content creators from all over the world and uh, explain or uh, talk about their journeys so explain your YouTube channel like why or did you create that YouTube channel and what is it about well getting into YouTube channel for me seemed like a logical a logical conclusion to where the creative space is going um having youtube channel is kind of like having a business card back in the 90s if you're a content creator or digital creator in that space there are better ways to monetize your product or your content but the youtube is your calling card so to speak and basically my experiences through my life have brought me to this point where starting youtube channels are no brainer uh an extensive background in audio engineering, music production, live production, all sorts of things and if I'm going to actually dive in head first and create content that people care about, I have to be on YouTube. It's the most ubiquitous platform globally. Yeah, but uh, it's changing a lot dude. like um, you know they It is now. I read articles of where they censor uh, videos that did not, does not agree to their standards which i believe is an attack on free speech i agree you know? i agree and, and um, my podcast is the flapping gums podcast and i unfortunately i have to defend the most vile speech because i do believe in free speech true free speech uh, a true belief in free speech rather is being willing to defend the most vile opinions because you know down the line they might come for your opinion and paint that as vile there was a yeah, time man. in this country the united states of america where saying that all men were equal black white whatever color you want to call them there was a time in this nation where just intimating at that idea was considered hate speech so if we continue down this path of promoting hate speech legislation well it's not about speech or ideologies anymore at some point it's going to become who dictates what hate speech is and how does that uh, align with their agenda and that's why you know we're fucking here popular speech does not need to be defended yeah do you know uh, and by the way can you speak up a bit because uh, i can hear you good but uh, the is that better is, uh, i i'm not I, better Okay, I was worried I was uh screaming into microphone, my bad. No worries, no worries. So anyway, uh you know what I'm really worried right now is that uh Trump is gathering a massive secret support. Like, you know, you uh, with the Hillary Clinton's campaign like you had people, you know, it's not going to be so bad, but right now, you know, I I honestly believe that he's going to have a win in the and this time he's going to win it big. and because like uh, with re- recently i'm not certain if you i'm i'm certain uh, you've been following the news in america of course uh they've been vandalizing uh, um, statues public places uh removing uh stuff for containing blackface or remotely uh, relating to anything relating to black or decrypted in a funnier manner or in a way that they don't like it to be decrypted they're pulling it down which in my opinion is a direct attack against free speech 
no matter who the fuck is it are uh, speaking i believe each and every individual in this planet should have a right of expression so wait a second um so what you're saying is that you believe the statue is a symbol of free speech and by pulling it down no 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 it no. for instance i'm talking uh, recently in amsterdam they vandalized gandhi statue all right right and that's a problem what yeah look was gandhi a racist yes was gandhi a pedo yes was yeah. gandhi a perfect guy no no but was he the guy to usher in an era of peace was he, was he one of the most important leaders in the modern era to understand that fighting does not solve shit and then give the world an amazing strategy to fight against oppression he is do you understand yeah absolutely he, he, it, he influenced Gandhi's an era of peace yes exactly he influenced an era of peace in the in africa as well even nelson mandela came out and spoke for gandhi like he was like you need to take an account of the circumstances and the context in which he said dan saved his stuff about black people he grew up he changed you know life's a journey people need to be given the space to change people need to be allowed to you know have their opinions if you do not like that opinion try to connect with them and see where is it they're coming from and see explain your point in, instead of you know just being filled with rage and hatred and then going after the person's life the, the, isn't that what fascism is well here's what i will say so you're talking about people had you want to give people the opportunity to change and right now that's that's not really an option because people are being quote unquote canceled for things they did maybe 15 years ago yeah that's retarded right so here's the thing though people like gandhi or let's even get into like confederate people like they were never given the opportunity to change and no i'm not defending the confederacy i think you're a loser if and you even if but i mean look dude even if you are defending the confederacy i think you should have you should be given equal chance or equal fighting chance to to defend your confederacy i'm not I saying agree with that, that but but let me finish this thought real quick i'm sorry okay, to cut okay, you okay. off so, but sorry, i have sorry. this Go thought ahead. and i'm going to lose it so specifically with someone like gandhi right mm-hmm. gandhi lived in a different time 100% and even in that time he did kind of cross some lines he was maybe he leaves a bad taste in your mouth but here's the thing about tearing down people from the past it is a reflection of the modern western society to build build up figures and put them onto a pedestal and then tear them down so we can relate to them because at the end of the day the idea of gandhi far outweighs any of the actions that he perpetrated during his life i think you know what he used to sleep with young women even if he raped a bunch of women and i know this is a very controversial take i think the world's yeah. a better place for having gandhi yeah this is what i'm trying to say dude like even if you are a confederate and you are defending confederacy like i i don't think it's right for me to just go on you go on your life uh, go after the places you work try to tear your life down i don't think that's okay whatever is it your ideas are whatever your views are i believe as a human you need to be allowed to express it as until or as long as it does not affect me directly yep and like, then, and then you're right 
your right is if you don't like what someone's saying, you don't have to give them your money. You don't have to patronize their businesses. You don't have to support exactly. their cause. And then, you know, you do you and I do me and everyone just goes along and yeah. we try Dude, to man, avoid like, the hate and the anger. Yeah, exactly. Like if you don't like a movie, if you do not like a specific sketch of a comedy, you don't watch it, don't follow it. How the fuck, like, you watch it and you decide that it's uh, not okay for the rest of the population to follow it. How the fuck is this still a democracy? You, like, the you one million is, internet retards do not control the entire population. But right now, this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to dictate internet for every human on the planet. You know, like, it kind of goes back, right? And it, look. I don't want to sound uh, whatever. I don't give a fuck how I sound. Check it. It all comes back to the media. Everyone is mm -hmm. constantly being told how to think. And it, it's, it's been that way since the very beginning of the concept of media. So people mm -hmm. are like, oh, shit changed in the 80s. Or, oh, shit changed in the 60s. It's like, no. They've been propagandizing, propagandizing us globally for millennia in different ways. So when I look at what you're saying... My personal life experience brings me back to being born in the late 80s and growing up in the 90s and just seeing the things that people are allowed to get away with on television and then in media. And then I remember when I was a kid, people would be like, oh, um, that's a nice painting you made. But if you go on Instagram, people will be like, that's the worst painting I've ever seen in my life or Holy shit, that's amazing. You should have an art gallery. And life is not lived in those extremes. Life is lived in the gray area, the nuance. Yet, here we are tribing up and being divided into political, ideological, ideological rather, um, uh, moral camps. And, and it's impossible to not have overlap. And then that's why we're being torn apart at the seams globally people don't know not that people don't know people people can't tell who's a good person anymore because you're constantly being told everyone's a shithead from e every angle yeah this is why i would ask all the uh, people out there to you know to log off from internet go there live the real world you know you spend so much time in the virtual world you s lose a sense of reality no they and got you with that though no they already got you with that why do you think they put us all on lockdown for covid-19 anybody who was a borderline alcoholic fully became an alcoholic anyone who thought about hitting their wife hit their wife Anyone who plays too many video games plays all the video games. And, uh, okay, and uh, the, the, this is fucked up. And uh, the, the this is what up. it does to you. You know, the lockdown does to you. Like, uh, you are forced to stay indoors, you as a social being. And, mm -hmm. I mean, we are in the midst of a pandemic and uh, you have all these news outlets right now. You have these comedy shows that uh, disguise as a comedy show it's no longer a comedy show it's a news show convincing people on uh, they, they just keep serving do you opinions mean, do you mean like the, the daily bubble. show and stuff like that yeah i don't want to say names because i'm a, a budding comedian and i want to you know i want to make it big in the uh, comedy business 
but at the same time i'm not ready to you know put a facade as a comedy show and then keep delivering news to people like people go to comedy shows to escape from the news you understand yeah and i don't think it's that's why okay. i don't yeah go ahead yeah i don't think it's okay to keep bombarding people with your opinions like right now it's the whole country the free country is divided into right or left either you are for them or you are against them you're not allowed to take a neutral stance at all which i think is fucked up and that that is the reason why people like trump win you don't trump is just one for spoil fruit you know but you have an entire system a root a tree an entire tree which produces people like trump and what surprises me is that how most americans tend to overlook the fact that trump was elected there he wasn't born into the seat you understand yeah and um and to take it further you're talking about how we produce people like trump but what about what about the idea that we live in a culture that respects someone of that ilk that's a fucked up situation in and of itself yeah let me ask you something i know you're not from the us have you heard um the idea of poor people poor people in the us bet against their own uh, they vote against their own best interest in order to keep like the american dream alive in their head like everyone in the us supposedly according to this concept everyone in the us who votes against their own interest is the person who considers themselves temporarily poor and one day they'll be a trump type and once they're rich they don't want to pay taxes you know what i mean yeah have you have you heard that at all no i i mean uh, i'm not surprised to hear this because uh, considering america for what it is it's totally expected you know yeah and the, the it's all you know the mass media propaganda like uh, you guys like to uh, blame china and communism as the devil's own dick but what in reality you guys do the same shit like cia steals data google steals data facebook steals data and china also steals data so you understand you're not so different from the criminals you claim you're fire defending against i i think we all know that and we are just apathetic to it i don't think any learned well-versed political american denies any of that as a matter of fact anyone who's even moderately savvy or is willing to do a google search can understand that we started the game and now everyone is hitting us with it yeah and i think this is one of the times when uh, in the 1980s when we were living with so much uh, lead pollution like i believe in the future we won't have social media because more than ever many have realized that how uh, filled with poison and venomous social media can be so people are starting to log off and uh, and stopping to trust new sources that's fascinating why did you bring up lead pollution specifically because lead pollution is something we lived with uh, you know uh, we did not know w- what is it we were doing we were just you know fine with it and right. one day you understood like how bad it was uh, by i forgot the scientist who you know, who made the discovery and led the whole crusade against lead well you know what i find fascinating is there is a theory that 
um, modern uh, rates of violence, violent crime, peaked during the peak of the um, leaded gasoline consumption globally. Yeah, I, I've heard of the, you know, the 90s uh, yeah. era, New York, uh, you know, the poverty and the criminal shit that goes on. Like, explain, you grew up in the 90s in New York, right? Yeah, I did. So how was it? Like, uh, was it pretty gangster, like gunfights everywhere, people dying down? Here's what's really interesting is now I have the luxury of what, 20 years of hindsight? So at the time, I would have said, oh, yeah, that shit was bad. Even like 10 years ago, I would have sh- said that shit was bad. What I will say is we were living in the residue of the crack epidemic. So everyone was afraid. No one was committing crime at the level that they were due to you know different legislation like the Rockefeller laws in New York State, which charge people uh, in possession of crack exponentially more than they charge people in possession of cocaine, which you need cocaine to make a bunch of crack. So it was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was, uh, what, what is the word I'm so sure? It, it, hurt, it, it was disproportionately affecting the poor community as opposed to, you know, the elite kingpins who actually brought in kilos and kilos of cocaine on a wholesale level. So we were living in that residue and I grew up, I grew up being quote unquote on all the time. And I never realized it until I met someone from California and he was like, dude, every time we go out, you just act like you're my bodyguard. And I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah, we go out. You're always looking at everything. You stay close. You don't let me say what the next stop is on our subway. You just, you always take care Mm -hmm. of the situation. And I was like, well, I remember being a child and. East Coast, baby. (laughs) Yeah. My mom fucking, she raised me like that. Every time you went out of the house, when I was growing up, there was a possibility of, you know, my mother getting raped or robbed or, you know. All of that. I lived through all of that. And then I went through the pushback of the Giuliani era in which... Your mother got he raped? T- no, no, she didn't. But there's always that fear, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you hear about crackheads raping people in alleys all the time. It just yeah, yeah. happened back then. Fuck me. Right. Unfortunately, yeah. I won't because I'm not a raper. See? It's the 2000s. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah so... Then the Giuliani era comes in, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm growing up. I'm coming of age mostly in the Giuliani era, and then he totally embraces the broken windows concept of law enforcement, uh, along with uh, Police Co- Commissioner Ray Kelly. I don't know if he was the first one during the Giuliani era, but he was prominent during the Giuliani era. And mm-hmm. during that time, I saw a lot of police brutality and I saw a lot of people being accused for things because of how they looked or how they dressed or maybe their age or maybe their age versus the car they drove and all sorts of things like that so that kind of pushed me back and um yeah you know they make a simple calculation he's a black kid driving a fanciest BMW what are the chances that he's a pimp or a drug dealer chances are pretty high let's pull him well back then before you know being a rapper on the internet was ubiquitous. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Driving while black is a common concept in the United States. So I grew up through all that shit. I'm also racially ambiguous enough that whenever someone meets me, they think I'm them. So I'm Puerto Rican. My parents are Puerto Rican, ethnically. Uh, you I don't was sound born Puerto Rican at all. You sound Mr. White White. You sound like Nick White, like the, the most white. <laughs> well, I appreciate English, and I try to do my best diversifying my verbiage and expanding my lexicon. Nah, man, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> nah, and I, I want I want to hear some cool. Hey, oh, so you're from Puerto Rico? Sorry. <laughs> nah, I'm not. I'm 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 from the Bronx. Honestly, all right. Listen, guys. You are hearing it first here. I am actually transracial. I believe that I'm a black man named Jamal from Brooklyn. <laughs> I swear to God, motherfucker, I love cheeseburgers, Chinese food, and the NBA. I don't want to hear none of that salsa nonsense. You're not allowed to do that, man. Tell me why you vote. They told me where where is it your business uh, where your business is. Let me uh, destroy that shit. Tell me your uh, bank account. Sorry, <laughs> give me your accounts, whatever or wherever is it. Let me make sure your life becomes hell. Let me make sure that I I do not have a year uh, to hear what is it you have to say. I don't give a fuck about you. You don't accept all my opinions, so you're a piece of shit and you deserve to die and burn in hell. What? <laughs> what just happened <laughs> and this is how uh, i see the current internet generation the liberal okay the okay extreme extreme left now nah, you just kind of went you went down a deep deep road i wasn't expecting all that yeah i feel you man i feel you and i don't i don't like see here's the thing um if we're talking about specifically uh racism concerning how the far left behaves they are the most racist people exactly man exactly thank you you tell someone like me or you who is a person of color that i should line up behind you because you're gonna make things better for me you're first of all what you're doing is you're showing your position of power and your position of pity in which you think that i need a leg up um some of some of the most intelligent black people i know are against they're against uh the american concept of um affirmative action they like the idea when it started but they think at this point if you look at american affirmative action who's that hurting asian people what the fuck is that about what is the american affirmative action it is the idea that Companies of certain sizes have to meet racial quotas, and schools absolutely have to meet racial quotas. Yeah, that shit is that fucked get up. federal good. funding. You need to go talk to any Indian in America and ask him why is the uh, what is the principal reason why he moved to the U.S. He will tell you in two words: reservation system. The idea is that, like in India, you also have racism, but in India, it comes in another flavor called as casteism. Oh yeah, so, we learn about the caste system here. We learn about all the other countries' oppression. We don't learn about our own oppression. Nice. So anyway, uh, this thing was made into official, and to equalize uh, shit for them, what uh, the r- rules were written is that let's give them more opportunities and more uh, 
and more funding and more resources to the marginalized one they didn't want them to bring it up to the equal levels they thought of you if you if we pump them up they will be more or less in the equal level in 20 or 30 years but that didn't happen it just created another system of inequality no matter how educated you are no matter how good you are in your profession you won't get a chance why do you think the best doctors the best engineers year after year leave india because they don't get enough of good chances so they go I'm, to the rest I'm, of the first world of all, and hold then on. Uh, let me answer your question why do i think the best doctors and engineers leave india a an american passport is the best passport b have you ever seen blonde women in los angeles c india doesn't have all the amenities that we have it's it's like people blaming people for leaving the hood when they get a good job and move to the suburbs of course you're going to do that and india and every country including our country everyone needs to maintain a high standard of living to be competitive in this new globalized world true and where did america get this money from before the first ship british uh, Or, uh, from uh, british east uh, india I'll say company the military industrial complex but there's a bunch of shit before that i know <laughs> so we're in the war the business first... <laughs> anyway so f- before the first ship that was to open coast close to do business before when they came to india india was the richest nation in the world mm-hmm. right now where are we and i'm not saying that it is wrong of them to move pursuing a better opportunity like i moved from south of india to many parts of the world and currently i live in the netherlands the guys who also stole from us but still i live here i pay taxes here because uh, the quality of life is is better here and the reason why i moved here and and i'm living here is because as i already said the quality of life and the normal shit is just better but india is left with a gap a brain drain if the good engineers if the good doctors if the good um, if the amazing ones if the epic ones were going back to india were creating a creating a sort of an utopian world india would be in a much better place than it is right now you understand i do but as someone who has looked <clears throat> um and read about india extensively and that whole region i would say that india is actually on a really great trajectory i think that they're poised to be the next china without all of the house of card economics that china does you don't want to be china the does. next china dude like let me tell you what the indian philosophy is no but hold on can i just finish this last point yeah yeah, yeah sure, i sure. think that maybe it's what you want is happening it's just ha- not happening fast enough and maybe that's yeah. a societal thing but like you know change does take time i'm not afraid of china i'm afraid of fucking india Dude, there's no reason to be for, uh, afraid of fucking India. You know why? And, Because and I don't mean don't afraid. I mean about... like when you're having a competition, who are you concerned about? That's all. Yo, like China as communism, it has a statewide uh, how do you say, uh, manipulation techniques, I mean, out of every other government, but Right. What India is like India is the most chill nation in Asia. Like I lived in Malaysia, I've seen um Asia, I've seen back the average asian and i have met and uh, have friends with uh, average asian families 
and i know my indians i know my tamils and uh, i i know what is it i'm speaking although i might not be extensively uh, knowledgeable on the subject but still i'm quite learned on this subject india is a really really chill place to go to like we, we basically we do not have any rules that contradicts any foreigner coming inside and having a good life here like in hindi there's a saying called as aditi devo baba in tamil we have a saying called as yaad moore yavrum kelit like all the cities all the places are our cities and all the people are our people so treat each other with respect like this is our philosophy i don't i don't think that anyone looks at india as anything other than that i think people i think that's the big selling point for foreigners right. on india i right think now, the thing about india is infrastructure wise if you're coming from a western nation air quotes you know it might not be your cup of tea now anecdotal evidence my girlfriend is um ethnically tibetan by way of india i don't mm-hmm. know who's going to listen to this podcast but her family is a bunch of political refugees and yeah yeah i know i know and what happened here to eventually, them fucked up yeah i mean we can we could talk about tibet in a minute but she mm-hmm. came here eventually and um <laughs> you know she went back a few years ago and with her family and it's just it's just not the same yet you know you would need to make it it would need to get to a level where people like her who grew up in middle america the united states would go to india and be like oh this is better and it's just not there yet and again that's not a knock on them because i think again the united states has only been a superpower for what 50 60 years and we've only been a country for about roughly 300 so who's to say that india isn't going to fucking be the next united states i could see it i could see it even if it be- becomes dude like what i want what i want to say to the world is that like uh, you know life is not all about technology and innovation and whatever is it life the major i mean i know that i'm going to sound like a liberal uh, douche and uh, no a hippie douche no such thing you should have your mind open to any good idea whether it's from the left or the right okay i mean i hate the fact that like it needs to come from a left or right i i want to say that you can just be a human and you can you don't need to take a stance so i don't uh, take i'm not taking any stance and i will say this the best things in life like love contentment happiness comes from within it's not fueled by these uh, resources yep and let's speak about tibet like how was uh, because we as tamils i'm not certain if you heard of tamils we are treated as a blacks in india like you, you have your whole whole image of india painted to you like the bollywood ding 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 ding, ding all the yeah. songs and shit but that's not us you know we southerners are we are uh, completely different from the big image what india has painted to the rest of the world i i i do understand the situation yeah. you're speaking about i did not know the name okay so our language is called as the tamil language and i'm from the south and the oh the tamil the... tigers exactly yeah the tamil tigers were considered as a terrorist organization for fighting for civil rights same and, as and the black panther didn't come from like around the area of like bangladesh or am i mistaken no no bangladesh was in the north uh, west this is north, in north, the okay. southeast 
so sri lanka and india used to be connected and uh, it's still uh, very much uh, connected but b- couple mm-hmm. of years uh, uh, back it was really connected like you know you can drive there you can walk there so when the british raj left as usual they didn't drop uh, good borders just like israel palestine just like india and pakistan they didn't give a fuck about these borders as well and india being india it didn't give a fuck because it was us tamils you know the darker ones the ones in the south madrasis yeah we don't give a fuck right and still now you when you sing the national anthem when you hear your name get uh, uh, pronounced in the news you don't feel represented you understand the yeah, pm or the the guy the narendra modi who runs the country when uh, like he never ever the national party never ever wins in the south because the, uh, the southerners were always like felt aloof because we never felt that we were included in the indian picture but still we love being indian we love celebrating indian cricket we love c- celebrating the indianness in us but this is just ha- how things are it's how so they are it, but it, it's not how it has to be you know um again how how long did it take india to get to this place what hundreds of years at least it's not going to change in 70 80 years yeah i know india was never a single country india is still a collection of countries india Correct. is called a subcontinent uh, for its geographical topographies but uh, more than the geographical you have the people different varieties of people different languages different shit so india, india is uh is the victim of imperialist line drawers like mm-hmm. the same reason you have some really fucked up countries in Africa that you know someone draws a straight line on a map and now yeah. you see tribes that were historically enemies split by you know nations and now they're supposed to be allies and then your own tribe is on the other side of this imaginary line that no one recognizes or has ever recognized exactly like for instance uh, kenya and tanzania they do not have good relations right now uh, yep. but if Shit, you look at the border india and pakistan constantly in kashmir yeah and uh, what we did we, what we recently did to kashmir was fucked up but it is what it is uh, we uh, just call uh, fuck it you guys are indians you don't give a sh- uh, you don't get a voice to speak uh, we are cutting off your internet we are cutting off your phone lines so that's it we, uh, we did that and uh, i'm not saying that uh, you know there are pros and cons to that choice but still i do not agree to the fact uh, calling just someone indian and then no, do not giving him a chance to speak at all like that's not okay and that's not democracy and that's not what india stands for yeah i feel that and and uh, the reason why i was speaking about tamils is to say that like i understand war i understand where blacks the emotion of black people comes from but at the same time i do know that the majority of the black people who are continuously marginalized who are continuously oppressed still do not have a choice a story still don't have a voice to speak because this one percentage who riot all over the internet and uh, vandalize statues and break up shit and loot businesses and uh, fuck up small time businesses like 
these niggas they don't represent the big population you understand yeah absolutely also the people who are doing it don't even represent a big population of the people involved in the demonstration necessarily and that's that as well so i want to talk about tibet because many tibetans we offered refuge to many tibetans just like we offered refugees refuge to sri lankan tamils we didn't actually help them we just made uh, political decisions but still we were uh, i guess our political uh, leaders o- open clothes and close clothes were kind enough to let the Tibet- tibetans stay here so what think, happened in tibet do you think that that was just a a ploy to no. to have leverage over china i i i don't care what, what it means dude like uh no, i'm just I curious do... i like to think of things that way Mm, it could be, but it's uh, it, it highly doesn't seem like that. We, we were just you know chill enough. That's it. Because right. like yeah, uh, if India uh, India never we never saw China as our competitor, dude. Like you know me uh, Indians and Chinese share different uh, work ethics, work policies. Say what also, you want. Also, I would Indians say that Tibetans democ- uh, freedom. I was gonna say uh, Tibetans are closer culturally to Indians than they are. Chinese, mm-hmm. which is rapidly changing. Um, obviously, you know about the Chinese moving in uh, ethnic Chinese into Tibet. Yeah, yeah I've heard of it. And they're trying to set up a 5G tower in the Himalayas, which is also creating issues. Fuck I China. haven't heard about yeah. that. I do not know why China is trying so hard to be the world's most evil guy. Like, I'm not certain if uh, the Chinese stop and question themselves. I guess that's what you have um, when you do not have free speech and free thinking. I don't know. That's really... A... So how was life for your wife? Wait, what? So how was your... Uh, how was Sorry, uh, your girlfriend. How was your girl, girlfriend's life in Tibet before she moved into America? Well, her parents were actually in Tibet. And... Mm-hmm. They moved to, I don't want to say the city, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, They moved to a part of India to Mm -hmm. flee persecution. And Mm -hmm. then she was born like a year and a half later in Mm -hmm. India. And then her sister was born maybe a year and a half after her. And then they relocated to middle America in the United States, somewhere in the Midwest. And... It was one of those things. They moved to one of those towns with a large refugee population. I don't know if you know this, but the United States takes like different incidences and they try to group people uh, culturally. So you'll see a random like grouping of Somalians in Minnesota type thing because they try to put them all together so they can adjust a little bit better. But she came through through one of those things. Um at heart, she's a white girl, but her parents are hardcore Indian slash Tibetan people. Uh, they go and they visit probably twice a year and they stagger it so someone can stay home and take care of the house and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I know that that's a tough situation, too, because like her grandfather was dying and her dad had to go back and forth. And it's like... Going back and forth on a 24-hour flight is wild. 
that's what india makes you do dude why do you think uh, we didn't i mean humans evolved a really long time back okay and indians and africans did have boats why do you think we never went to the western world because shit was cold yeah smart people <laughs> you spent homeless you were homeless how the fuck did that happen oh that's hilarious because i did mention that but i forgot mm-hmm. that i had mentioned that well life happens dude so uh how old was i 23 years old just got laid off from a uh, fortune probably 100 company tax um, cartel <laughs> what huh no nothing what drug cartel no uh, so i had gotten laid off and i got severance pay i got 2 years of obama's unemployment everything was cool and yeah i ran out of everything and i had pivoted into the music industry which is something i've been interested in since i was like 15 years old or so um that's when i started you know writing music making music etc mm-hmm. and at 23 okay. i decided to start taking internships and working for people for free or reduce rates whatever i could do just get my foot in the door and that eventually ran out ended up couch surfing for like 4 months and then one day <laughs> one day i met up with a friend at a bar to watch a jets game and i sit down and this wasted girl right next to me reaches over into my plate and grabs my fries and starts eating my, my fucking fries Of course she was white. Mhm. Um I humor her. I find it entertaining. And then mm-hmm. out of nowhere under the bar she starts giving me a hand job over the pants. I thought this was where the story was going. Shit, I should have called it. Yeah. Um so then she gets her food. We all drink a little bit more. and then she says to me hey you want to go to my house i live down the block i was like what and it it's a very uh lavish part of new york city an expensive expensive area and i was like sure so we go there and she falls asleep almost immediately after we put on like a movie or something and so then, you loot the stuff wait what <laughs> So do you loot her stuff and then No, I, I did it. No, I did it. That's, that's hilarious. Were, that's how we made out of poverty. That was a good call though. If you would have been yeah. right, you would have been clairvoyant. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. So um no, so she falls asleep and then I fall asleep because we're both drunk as fuck. And then I'm I'm awoken by her giving me oral sex. And then one thing leads to another. And then within a week I ended up moving in with her. And then okay. that was how I was no longer homeless. And that is how you met your uh, wife? No. <laughs> no, this is many girlfriends ago. Shit. Many, 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 many. 
She now American... lives across the country and has a baby and a husband. Wow. Americans are wild, dude. I mean, Americans I, I, I can't just dude. fantomize it happening ever in India. Well, here's the thing, though. Americans are wild, but I was one of those fucked up people who watched too much television as a child. So I used to put terrible douchebag sexual predators on a pedestal because that is what our media glorified. So when I was growing up, I thought that the more people you could fuck and the more stories you could tell, like made you more of a man. So I have stories for days like that. Like, but do I think that that's okay? No, I think I'm a product of my environment. And like we said earlier, thank the world that I've learned from my previous transgressions because, yeah, you know what? I wasn't the most above board dude when I was dating in my mid 20s, all the way up to my mid 20s. Okay. You want to hear my favorite pickup line ever that worked? Did you fall from the skies? Don't say that, please. No, 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 no. It, it came to me, right? So I'm at I'm at the 4040 Club, actually. And mm-hmm. um, it was when it was cool when Jay-Z kind of first opened it up. And then there's this girl there. That's what Beyonce said. Uh, <laughs> well, if you like it, better throw a ring on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, finish. Uh, go with your story. So uh, I know a dude who works there. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm waiting for him to tell me what the move is because what he would do is he would let us into private parties, but like you gotta wait for the right opportunity to just like sneak a dude in. Okay. So I'm waiting by the bar and this girl orders a drink. This drink is royal blue and it looks like it's glowing from the inside. Okay. Do you watch The Simpsons? No. Yeah, I mean, uh, I do watch it, but uh, I, mean, no, I don't follow seen... it uh, religiously. Okay, perfect. You know, in the intro where Homer Simpson has the... Uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the uranium, uranium yeah, rod. It yeah. was glowing like that. And it was, All right. again, bright royal blue. Okay. So I had already been pre-gaming. I didn't give a fuck. I was like, I'm going to say something to this girl. So I'm like, oh, excuse me. What exactly is that drink? And then she was like, oh, this is like a blue Hawaiian. And then I was like, wow, that's crazy. Honestly, it looks really cool, but it also kind of looks like Smurf jizz. Mm. And then she started dying laughing. And then once she started dying laughing, I knew I had her. And then I'm like, hey, I met a world thief. And then I put my hand out, and then she shakes the hand, and then you put your other hand over her hand to create more of a bond. And grab a pussy. Yeah, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. I can't refrain myself from... Uh, Yo, come visit me. We'll get you late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah. I'm, I'm good, dude. I'm good. I'm good. Like, I, I've seen bitches, and I know what bitches have to offer, and I have a bitch. So, actually, I'm the bitch, actually. I'm a bitch. I'm the bitch's bitch, so I guess that makes me bitch squared. So, <laughs> but yo, can oh, you be shit. a man in a relationship with a woman and not be the bitch? Nah, dude. Like, if you if uh, this is a thing, if you want to respect women, you need to be a bitch to a woman. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm a bitch. I don't know about all that, but um, I grew up with three sisters, so I just feel like I 
I treat women fairly and then that's why they fuck with me. Even though mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes I will say some shit. I will call out my girlfriend or have called out girlfriends for fucked up behavior that no one else will call them out for. And some people would say like, oh, he's like abusing you. Like, no, I'm treating her like a fair partner. And that's what I do. And again, I have so many sisters. I can kind of tell where the line is where I'm being a dick and Mm -hmm. where I'm just treating you like another person, regardless of your genitalia. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But I actually like to give the control to my woman, dude. Like, I know she's more uh, reserved. Um, women, I, in my opinion, I find women to be more uh, calm, calmer than men. They don't rush into stupid shit. So I kind of like I like to give her the steering and then, you know, do the crazy shit on my own. So I know that, you know, uh, I have a sober one driving the car. You understand? I guess I will bet money that your mom is controlling and you love it. Not too much, but it was my dad was controlling too much. Ah, okay. So you just kind of like being a passenger? uh, Being an Asian kid is like living under authoritarian government. So Mm -hmm. it it doesn't matter which, uh, which parent was more controlling or anything. In the end, you still didn't get your say. That's so wild because it's accurate. I mean, I have so many Asian friends here in the U.S. from all different countries and it's all the same. Everyone's a tiger mom. One of my closest mm-hmm. friends and business partner, her mom texts me all the time to see if she's fucking up. And I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> what is wrong with your mom? You're like 25 years old. Like, yeah, she's brushing her hair, mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even, yo, you know what's crazy too? My girlfriend gets super drunk. When she gets super drunk, if she gets super drunk, she ends up crying. She like gets like blackout and just starts crying about her parents. But like she's kind of telling them off, even though they're not here. She'll like sit on the ground and cry and just start arguing at her mom and dad. <laughs> and I, I just watch unsolved issues. Like, yeah, I watch that and I'm like, whoa! I thought my mom was bad. <laughs> Guess who's the alcoholic now? Uh, uh, bitch. Uh. Right? Yeah. And you're a small business owner in America. So are you defending your business with Glock or uh, AR-15? That is hilarious. My business is fluid. We have a P.O. box and there's no need for a corporate headquarters. What it if they say um, to the P.O. box? Wait, what? No one's the P.O. box. That's listen. If they blow up my bills, I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, that would be actually, let's go invade the P.O. boxes. No, I didn't say that. That's a federal crime. That is wire fraud. <laughs> this is comedy. This is satire. Uh, the people should be allowed to say whatever it is that they want to say, dude. Like that's why you guys also have the singing amendment. Yeah, I should yeah. also no, have no, a no, no, no. Here's the mm-hmm. thing. Here's where it gets murky. Yes. I can say whatever the fuck I want to say, but if five years from now, my P.O. box blows up, they're going to play this and be like, well, the fucking guy incited a riot. And again, I'm just kidding. Not inciting anything. You have to, you know, you have to check your liabilities in this new digital space that we live in. Yeah, and that shit is fucked up. And I don't give a fuck about getting canceled. I won't go to jail. 
Mm-hmm. Dude, even uh, cancelling the... Uh, you need to understand that, you know, cancelling something or uh, as a comedian, the worst thing you can do to me is not laugh at my joke. You understand? And saying that I'm not allowed to make joke at certain topics, I'm not allowed to express my art in uh, certain different ways, it's just bullshit. And like, get a life, you know, like... people need to understand where the actual problem is for instance let, let's take this uh, n word when i say nigga i mean like you know nigga listen i mean as a friend as brother or uh, dude you know that's the way you mean it and but people say that okay that is from a racial origin so we are going to stop using that word like that can't be done no matter how hard you try to do it it just can't be done so... yeah i mean the thing about that word right specifically is it does have a a local a local uh burden to it you know what i mean so as the world becomes more globalized and everyone everywhere is using the same language everyone is pulling from the same bag of adjectives pronouns etc it's kind of tough i mean i know growing up where i was from i was a nigga motherfuckers came around use a nigga i look like goddamn colin kaepernick when my hair is grown out like that's it but at the same time i don't feel comfortable being like yeah some 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 dark skin indian dude on the other side of the world could do it i don't know that's not my fight to fight you know what i'm saying but i could see i could see your point i've never used that word maliciously i don't use the hard r like dude that that exactly that's where that's where it matters do you not uh, see that like the action the racism the hate i get that, that but is where you, the problem you, is but can you also appreciate the idea that that word came from a place of hate and someone who may or may not have experienced that hate adopting that into their into their everyday slang is maybe off-putting to someone who has to deal with them. And I'm not talking about you on a podcast. I'm talking about look at Eminem's story. Straight up, that dude had to go through some shit and he went through all the shit with all those dudes and they said he could say it. And then he said it one time on a tape that came out 10 years after he blew up. and then that was a problem then again but no one has a problem with that because they know he went through it but i i can't say that some finish guy on the other side of the pond with blonde hair and blue eyes can go ahead and just drop that word colloquially and casually and people shouldn't feel a type of way about that i can understand both sides of that argument and again i still err on the side of free speech if you have a problem with it turn it off exactly my point as well look man if i know that uh let's say that uh, you're black all right and uh, if i call you the n word if some uh, if i make a slip and then i say that uh, um, you know it happens because this is how i speak with my friends you understand this is just my i get way it you of listen speaking. to rap music exactly gangster rap made me do it ain't nothing to it so 
if I'm speaking with my friends, you know, it becomes a practice. So when I'm with you and let's say that you're black and if I you slip out an N-word, it's, I did not mean anything to it. There is no hate or it, it, the, although the word came from a very highness place, when I said it, it in that context, it, does, it did not matter. It does not matter that you understand. I get it, but you do understand why someone might still not like it. Yes, I understand that, but it does right. not give that someone the inherent right to, to ban it. make me stop saying that. Like, I agree. You, know, you just agree. can't do that. I agree. And even trying to do that, you know, it's stupid because you just can't do that. It's unachievable. Like, imagine if uh, I take you inside my home and then we speak a normal conversation and then uh, we both uh, use the N-words. Like, how, what are they going to do? Spy every house, spy every conversation? Nigga, that's uh, CCP. That's China. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I get, I totally get what you're saying. And, you know. I respect people's right to also be like, that's fucked up. And then it also depends on the context. Because like you said, me and you are having a conversation in a house that's different. But what if you just walk into a room with people you never met and be like, yeah, that's... Someone, makes, someone makes a bad joke and you're like, this nigga? Like, whoa, who the fuck are you, bro? <laughs> yeah, okay. We got a picture of black Jesus on the wall. Who the yeah, fuck you... is you calling a nigga? <laughs> Yeah, th th that is fucked up. And by the way, uh, something I want to say about Black Jesus, you know, he could have been black, but the saying he definitely is black is just like saying he's definitely white. I'm not certain if you meet uh, met people from Palestine, they come in rainbow color, man. Look, they come I don't, from all I don't, the way from mm, white, blonde, with blue eyes, mm, all the way up to... Why though? Negro! But why though? It's just how Palestinians are, dude. No, like you know, I'm no. uh, geographically in my experience, mm -hmm. I have met uh, mm -hmm. at least. No. Can, can I can I push back on that? Right. What it is is it's a tactical area, and Europeans have been sacking the area for years, all the way you know through the Crusades, etc. Then you have all uh, you know every time Alexander moved east, he fucking made the Greeks. Um, uh, reproduce with the local population, found in New Alexandria's all the time. So if we're talking about at that certain time, I think it is more likely than not that he was a person of color. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. 100%. I mean, uh, not 100%. Just because of the sun. That motherfucker. Even, yes. even, look, here's the thing. At this mm -hmm. point, Donald Trump is a person of color. He's orange. And even <laughs> if he was a Caucasian man, growing up in that area, he would have had the worst fucking California tan where, like, you know, those uh, strippers have, like, uh, birthmarks on their upper titties and stuff <laughs> like that. And they peel their skin off and they're 40, but they look 60. He would have looked like that at least. He would have looked like Joe Exotic if he was white. <laughs> uh, that's nice. I actually emailed Carol Baskin. I asked her, uh, I said that like her ex husband <laughs> came to India, uh, got a few cubs from my village and then went back. So I either want six cubs or uh, $20,000. She didn't reply back. Yo, uh, my girlfriend, my favorite story of her going to India is uh, she said when she was a kid, 
mostly what you used to do is like get street food and shit. And then mm-hmm. she said the biggest problem with getting street food is that like sometimes monkeys would come out of nowhere and just steal that shit when they yeah, were Yeah, that happens a lot. Uh, you know, this is something you do. Like uh, whenever you buy a packet, you just buy an extra packet. And even the shopkeeper knows monkeys, right? Yeah. I, I've seen videos about that online. Also, I've seen the monkeys wilding out during uh, quarantine because yeah. there's no trash on the floor and there's no one donating. See, you guys are too chill. You're 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 giving mm-hmm. unemployment to the monkeys and you're creating a welfare class and they don't know how to handle shit when the welfare is not there and they're rioting in the streets. This shit a- actually happened like there was this alcoholic in India and he had a pet monkey and guess what? It too was alcoholic and he died of alcohol poisoning and then this monkey went on rampage. Like he did not know where to buy its booze. So it killed one guy and injured, uh, I think, 150 or someone. That's something like that. And uh, it, uh, it was causing terror in the village. How about this? I know you want to be a comedian and I'm comedy adjacent. Can we write that script? Can we make a movie about the monkey who, the alcoholic monkey who fucking held Seth Rogen hostage? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Dude, I'm totally into that. We can just go back and forth on email. We'll talk about that off air, but I think this could be great. We could just start with like a little, you know, the first third and see what happens. Yeah, that, that, that'll be nice, dude. That'll be chill, really chill. Bad. Anyway, I'm going to end my session right now. So uh, you have uh, anything to shout out for? And I am going to make sure to add your links uh, where you where people can follow you on YouTube and uh, whatever platform is it you want them to suck your dick in. All right, folks, this has been great. I am Metal World Thief. Thank you for having me. I'd en- I've enjoyed it very much. Uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel at Metal World Thief. Flapping Gums podcast. You can also find me anywhere that you download your podcast audio wise, iTunes, Spotify, etc., etc. All that is great. Um, you can also check me out on Instagram and Twitter at Metal World Thief. Follow me, like it, subscribe. Me and this guy are going to do a lot of work together moving forward. Check out the script. Come visit us. Join the family. Mm-hmm.